The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Cool wall of amazing artists I see. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, I do hope you hit the subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artist and uh, let you discover some new ones as well. You can do so at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, talking with Marin Morris. We're going to be getting into the album Humble Quest. That's her latest, how it tells the story of her road to success and the use of, of, of specifically personal stories in the vein of classic, uh, the classic country of the 60s and 70s. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, well, how she found her way to happier songs after coming out of a depression, uh, taking some inspiration from Jack White as a way to kick her uh, writing into gear and adding a little darkness to her romantic musical moments as well. Uh, Marin also going to talk about the future of the High Women. This is the group that includes Brandy Carlisle, Amanda Shires, Natalie Hemby, as well as Cheryl Crow, Yola, and Jason Isbell. Uh, the odds that Americana and mainstream country find themselves in, and the class of musicians that he that she finds herself in. That includes Chris Stapleton, Casey Musgraves, Eric Church, Miranda Lambert, that's able to carry more creative freedom into the genre. So let's do it and talk about Humble Quest. It's Kyle Meredith with Marin Morris. Hi, it's good to be here virtually. Virtually. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here too. And I, I'm not kidding. Um, this this album is just drilled into me and, and I can't seem to get enough of it. Um, just what a great adventure, a beautiful album. I mean, all the compliments. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. It's, I'm just so happy it's out and the reception has been 
I mean, it's bowled me over how warm and positive it's been. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but um, it's always scary putting something that's so, you know, vulnerable and private out and then to have it be related to on such a, a massive macro level is very humbling. That's always been something that, um, you know, you, you hear of the, the two sort of uh, train of thoughts as far as songwriting, like, do you just make it so universal that everybody can relate or do you make it personal? For me, I think I've always related when it's the very specific personal story more than, you know, the big grand gesture for some, like, it's your life, but I see, you know, my parts in it as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I've always gravitated towards country storytelling is because, um, and I'm kind of more referencing the 60s and 70s country storytelling more so than modern, but um, because I do think that there's this, just having been a working songwriter on Music Row here in Nashville, there is that that anxiety of it not being relatable enough, you know, for the, the old ladies in Akron, Ohio, or you just worry about it not translating. And I feel like when people are really specific and vulnerable about their story and when they're just talking about something so specific, I feel like that's more honestly inviting in a group of people than trying to so earnestly make it relatable to the millions. I mean, some of my favorite songs, I, I always, I think I use the example a lot of like you 2 with uh, Pride in the Name of Love. I mean, those verses, Monday morning, April 4th, shots ring, you know, like that's that's telling such a small moment in time and and makes the songs for it like those. And, and I'll pull this into your record here, too, because we we start off with the story, with a very specific story with circles around this town. So it's it's not just a great story, but it is the story of you getting to here. Why was this moment in time the right moment to finally tell this one? I think it's so interesting we're talking about this because I remember having that seize up like, oh, do I do I get this specific in this song? Um, I mean, I'm name dropping past singles of mine in the second verse um, with my church and 80s Mercedes. And um, yeah, I think the voice in the back of my head, that's like, yeah, the, people are not going to relate to this at all because this is way too much about your story. But um I was like, I don't care. I, I think that it would be fun, a fun exercise to just talk about the shitty car that I had coming here um, 10 years ago almost. And uh, no AC, terrible demos, thinking that I was going to just blow people's minds with my talent and then immediately getting uh, checked and <laughs> knowing that like everyone in this town is talented and you need to get in line. And so I think that. I just loved going there and it ended up being such a favorite of mine listening back when I got the demo back that I, I wanted it to be the first single. So it's, it's been cool to see the reception of that song being inspiring to people that aren't even songwriters mm -hmm. because it is specifically, you know, it's almost my love letter to Nashville, the songwriting community. But I feel like whether you're a writer or a painter or a mechanic or whatever you do, everyone's got a, a dream or a daydream that they're chasing down in their head or what have you. But I think that it's just about that hustle of figuring out your place in a, a very competitive world, but it's like, you're, you're, you're competing with yourself. And, and to get to that line, 
you know, at the end of the verse where you said, thank God I was an optimist. You know, that, that's that's the importance of uh, what youth and naivety right there. And it'll get you to the door. Yeah, that like weird sense of arrogance meets confidence meets, yeah, complete uh, ignorance. <laughs> it's like, it's the best thing about youth is that you think that you can do anything because there's no bar set yet. By the way, speaking of youth, I, I meant to say uh, happy birthday because I think that was just a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, thank you. Uh, 32. 32. Yep. Uh, that's in my rear view now, but uh, I'm sure it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was working um, on my actual birthday, but we're going to uh, go to the John Mayer concert tonight and uh, go to dinner. And that'll be my kind of belated birthday evening. Not a bad way to spend it with, with Mayer on stage. Yeah, oh. right. So you, you've talked about, you know, going into the record, I think the words you use was sort of a weird, depressing time, pandemic and everything that was going on in, in your lives and in all of our lives. I think that's why I found it kind of um, immediately surprising how much poetic, uh, poetic love there is uh, across this record, uh, because there seems to be a, a lot of that on there. Although I was there, there was, I guess there was a sadder album before this. Is that the right way to, to ask that? Yeah, there were definitely sadder songs that I intentionally left off this project because I was getting into that really jaded place of it, it feeling that, like there's no point, especially early 2020 when everything shut down um, and all touring got wiped out. It was, it just felt so forced to try to Zoom co-write and you know, it was like, what is the point right now of writing songs if we can't play them out in public? And so I was, yeah, just kind of feeling sorry for myself and going through, you know, postpartum and just kind of feeling purposeless for the first time. And um, also trying to fit into my new role of motherhood. And um, yeah, I was writing some really depressing music around then I mean I'm, I'm glad that I made myself sit down and do it but yeah I mean it was definitely a weird time of feeling like does the world really need another thing sad song right now it just didn't feel like an appropriate way of putting that energy out and so I just gave myself the time to wait and wait it out and um you know the the great thing about writing is that even if the songs aren't good it's like you're still it's still therapeutic so even if the world never hears some of those really depressing songs I was writing I got it out but I definitely wanted to bathe in the the sunshine on this record because it was it was a practice not every day I think it was Jack White in um I forget the name of the documentary, but it was like him and uh, the edge from YouTube. Oh, it might get loud. It might get loud. It was either that or the white stripes documentary, but he was talking about writing and he just said, you know, you, not every day the, the skies are going to open up and this like sunshine is going to beam down on you and you're going to get this moment of inspiration and get this brilliant song. Sometimes you just have to sit down, like sit your ass in the room and like make it happen. And it's a, it's a, it's a practice. And so I feel like I gave myself the time to do that. And eventually 
like a muscle that's being used and worked, it gets stronger. And I found my kind of footing again on how to even approach a third album. So yeah, anywho, that kind of went off on a, a weird tangent, but um, yeah. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Like there's one song I think in particular, I almost, it's like you still pull a little bit of that, what you were going through into what you ended up. And that's it in the song background music, because here's a beautiful sentiment with a little macabre background going Like there's a little bit of darkness in there. I mean, uh, the, the way I, I think I wrote it down, it's sort of, looking at us once we're gone, considering that, you know, we're not going to be here and what we're left with. Uh, just, I think I'm trying to compliment you and you painted that in the most beautiful way possible. Where did that idea come from? Yeah. It's like, even when I'm being romantic, I'm still being very morbid. Um, <laughs> I, but I love it. I think that that's real. I think I, because my husband and I are both artists and we're both songwriters and we tour and uh, he, we do the same thing. I think that we're also really competitive, not with each other, but just with our ourselves. And, um, you know, he's had a handful of number ones and so have I. And I think when everything stopped in COVID, we both were just laughing because we were like, wow, we really thought we had control over our destinies and we just don't. And it's a 10 year town is the saying in Nashville. And we were like, just, I think one night on our porch, drinking wine and talking about what if in like 20 years, like we're just retired and we're old has-beens and no one gives a shit anymore, but we still have each other and we have those, those good old days and our, and our minds, but ultimately like our value within each other and the way that we love each other is not placed within the success stories of our songs. It's like our, each other. And so I think that's how background music came to be was, it was my way of saying, I love what we do, but you know, in a hundred years, we're not going to be around. And maybe these songs that we wrote in our heyday might stick around maybe in the flying cars of the future, it will, you know, pop on to someone's radio station. But I, yeah, I don't know. It felt like a weird romantic way of saying, I love you. And I'll be, I'll be there even, you know, after we're dead because we're immortalized in our songs. You just remember also, there's always Branson, Missouri, you know, once uh, the Nashville <laughs> yeah. has happened. Yeah. You know, I've actually brought this up in the interviews for the, the immortalization of music. There's a thing I learned last year that once your voice is on the radio, once you're projected out on radio airwaves, it never stops traveling through the universe. Like the radio wave never dies. So your songs literally will last forever as I long as the universe that. exists. I, I love how trippy that is. <laughs> My favorite song on this album, uh, I think today at least, is The Furthest Thing. Uh, the harmonies in that 
I was instantly finding myself trying to sing along to it before I'd even finished the song for the first time. In the same way, I remember doing that with Alison Krauss's Baby Now That I Found You, and it sort of reminded me uh, a little bit of that right there. And it just, the song, like, it tiptoes along without ever feeling stagnant. And, and again, I think I'm just throwing the broad question out, like, where did this one come from? Because I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Um, it's actually one of my favorites on this project as well, just because it's so not something that I've visited in prior work of mine. Um, and I think it was just not trying too hard. It was, I, we wrote it um, in early 2021 when Ryan, my husband, and I went to Hawaii to work with Greg Kirsten. And that was kind of where he was quarantining with his family and not a, not a bad place to be for the year. But um, we just went out there for a month and we're writing a bunch with him in his little kind of makeshift studio um, in Hawaii. And I had that title written down in my phone for, I think, a few days. I didn't know what it meant, but I... I, I sort of liked the the double entendre of saying, you know, as touring musicians, uh, just we're constantly, you know, FaceTiming and have, having to connect just after shows on the phone. And it can be really lonely, you know, when, when we're doing this thing we love, it's still at times really lonely. And um, it's it's work to to make a relationship happen and thrive within, you know, literal thousands of miles away from each other so um yeah the furthest thing like you are quite literally the furthest thing away from me right now like I'm in you know Brazil and you're in Nashville and we're trying to figure out time zones and and then also the line about it's crazy how we thought by now we would have it figured out, like, but we're the furthest thing from that. And um, I don't know, just Greg was creating this really beautiful, lush, pl plucky guitar thing. I, I don't, I, I can't really describe it because it's just Greg's brain works in mysterious ways, but it was just such a comforting song. And I don't know, I, listened to it back when he sent me a bunch of mixes when I got back to Nashville. And that was sort of a slow burner song to me because I, I instantly forget songs the second I'm done writing them because it's kind of like, it, it just comes into your brain for a few hours and then it leaves and it clears out for the next one. But when I listened to the demo of the furthest thing, I was really struck with emotion and I was like, holy shit, like, where did this come from? And uh, I was like, well, that's definitely getting recorded. So I'm so happy you did. Again, it's such a great song. Uh, and and it, I could go on about so many songs on this record. Uh, I know still upcoming. You got the tour, too. I'm looking forward to that because uh, not only hearing these songs live, but uh, you've got some of my favorite other artists opening like the Lone Bellow and Joy Ladekin on there. I mean, what's and and I'm, I'm hoping like we played the crap out of the High Women album when it came out around here, too. So if those opportunities come up, you know, are you going to take those like what's next for the High Women? Because you got one great album. I mean, tell me there's going to be more. <laughs> Yeah, we always joke, like, especially me and Natalie Hemby, we're like, do we just Thelma and Louise it now? If we had this, you know, fun of a first project, like, let's, let's go out on a high note. <laughs> but um, no, we, um, I just saw Amanda and Brandy at the Grammys a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it's like, it's so hard with everyone being 
like kind of living far apart. Brandy's in, you know, Washington and we're in Nashville, but we, and we also all released solo projects within the last um, year. So I think we're just kind of at this moment devoting our energy to that, but we, we're on a big group thread and we always talk about like sending each other new songs that we're excited about that could potentially go in the the pot for high women too. But um, yeah, I think we're just keeping in touch and like we're, we're sisters for life, no matter what. But um, I would love to get back in the studio with them and Dave Cobb. Like it was just such a dream day or week of being in the studio with all these women with Yola with Cheryl Crow like playing bass it just it was unreal so yeah I I will be down the second we can all get our schedules aligned it is amazing that uh, all of your records came out all around sort of the same time or at least within a year and every single one of them I think is fantastic like like the the group that you all put together is just incredible musicianship you know, how well you work together, but obviously how well you work alone. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it worked was because we were all coming from such different worlds. I mean, Natalie being more of a, like a, a music row songwriter, even though she's been on so many different projects that are outside of country music. I mean, like the star is born soundtrack labyrinth, like, but, um, she was always just really comfortable wearing the writer hat. She doesn't, she didn't want to be an artist. And then Brandy, obviously being this Americana darling for the last 20 years, I feel like. And then Amanda uh, having such a fun and like imagery based lyricism and quirk and like Jason Isbell, like that, we all were doing our own things so well and not I think we all respected each other from afar um and then coming together for the high women um we all just showed each other like not even in a judgmental way like we really didn't know what you had gone through like you you not judging the book by its cover but maybe the you know I feel like Americana and country music as a mainstream are sometimes at odds with each other. It's, I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but um, it's like, I, I feel like in some ways, in some ways, rightfully so, uh, people look down on mainstream country music as being, you know, sellout or cheesy, or, you know, we've lost touch with our roots, with our original outlaws. But I think, I don't know, like, I feel like me and, Casey Musgraves, Miranda Lambert, you know, Stapleton, Eric Church, like there are these artists that um, are really, like we're, we're really solid in country music, but we also can kind of do whatever we want. And I think there's just a respect that I got from the high women about, you know, being able to live in both worlds comfortably because music is music. It's, it doesn't matter. Like the the genre label it has or the venue size you're in a lot of artists that i absolutely love right there that's a pretty great company to be in 
uh, along with yourself. And Marin, I cannot compliment you enough on Humble Quest. It is a perfect record. So thank you so much for doing what you do. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. Thank you. That was so fun. Sorry for my very long-winded answers. <laughs> Those are my favorites. So over, all for I'm it. I'm over-caffeinated. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll see you out there on the tour. And again, it was great talking to you. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Kyle. My thanks to Marin Morris. The new album is called A Humble Quest. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. Again, new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews a week to keep you up to date on your favorite artist and have you discover some new ones as well. At iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with... Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, uh, mostly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Good picks. Good picks. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.